Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4. We are thankful for just everything God is doing in this house. Amen. God's been good to us, and we're glad to see everyone is here today. Pray that God would just give you something here tonight to be a blessing to you and a help to you to see Jesus more clearly. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's so good. Hallelujah. We were heading home, driving back from Kentucky Saturday, and uh, we were there to just support our friend who was becoming a pastor there in Olive Hill, and um, praise the Lord. Pray for them. The Lord would just be with them, and got a phone call from from Cain, and just, just excited about God, had just been praying and feeling God just working and, and moving and and uh, I said, well, we're going we're gonna to try to get you up here and get you baptized real soon. He said, I sure like to do it tomorrow night. Amen. I said, well, hallelujah. We'll do our best. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We're excited about that. Excited about somebody excited for God. I'll tell you, if you just let him show himself to you, you'll get excited. He's, he'll get down deep in your heart and start working out things that nobody else can do. You can't even do it yourself. And like Anna said, you, you know, you're not supposed to. Just let him work it out, and he'll, he'll set you free. Second Timothy 4, before we read it, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for just your blessings today. Thank you for your, your promises and for your presence here. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's here today. You know what they're facing. You know what they're going through, Lord. You know the battles that they're fighting, the questions that they have, God, and Lord, I ask you, please, in your mercy and your kindness, to just reach out to each one. And Lord, show yourself to be so real to them that you care about each one. Help us, Lord. Lord, as we hear your word, to not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. And we'll give you every bit of the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Second Timothy 4, let me read these First four verses together with you. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Paul is telling Timothy, be instant or be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For, listen, for the time will come. I believe we're living in these last days. I believe we could say it's here. We see it all around us. Time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they shall, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn their, away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. God bless you. You can be seated. There's a word here we talked about recently. We looked I think it was about two weeks ago on Sunday morning, we talked about some end time events, talked about some of the things that we're seeing and what our focus really needs to be. And one of the verses in Matthew 24, if you get a chance to to look at that, it is Jesus answering the question, what's it going to be like at the end? How are we going to know the signs of the times? And he talks about the wars and the rumors of wars, talks about the pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And as you've heard me say many, many times, he he talks abundantly about deceivers. 
talks much about false prophets and false Christs even. And how we need to be aware of what is being taught to us. And one of the things he says in that is that he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. It's one thing to start out good. But I want to cross the finish line and be found faithful. It's going to be a a, a, a long road ahead of us, Lord willing. But but he said, if you endure to the end, and God will help you. I talked to a preacher I hadn't seen for a long time. An older gentleman that I'd seen here down when we were down in Kentucky, Brother Creech. And I said, Brother, I don't know how many years ago it was. It could be close to 15, 20 years, I think, probably closer to 20. I heard you preach at a, at a meeting in Ohio. And I said, you preach a very simple message. God will enable you. Right. He said, I remember that. I can't believe you remember that. I said, oh, yeah, it, it got down in my heart. And I think about it very often that when we are facing difficult times, it's God who enables us. It's God that gives us the strength that we need day by day. When you feel weak, let me tell you something, you are weak, but in Him, praise God, you can be enabled. Jesus talked about the difficult times. Paul talked about perilous, dangerous times. But He said it's the ones that endure to the end that are going to be saved. You're going to have to go through some things. The idea of endurance, praise God, you don't endure milkshakes. Maybe ice cream headaches. But uh, you're going to make it. Don't be a quitter. (laughs) But uh, you don't endure, you know, things that are easy or fun or enjoyable. You got, he's talking about difficulties. He's talking about challenges. Talking about Tough times. He said, you got to endure. you got to learn how to lean on God. So we spent some time talking about that idea of enduring. Paul told Timothy in one place to endure hardness as a good soldier. This this living for God isn't for wimps. That's just the way it is. You're going to have to realize, hey, I'll say it this way. You're going to have to realize when, when you're feeling that, oh, that inadequacy, that wimpiness of yourself, you got to know where your strength comes from and run to Jesus. I'm not any stronger than anybody here. Absolutely not. But I know where to run and get my strength. So he said there's going to be hardness. You're going to be a soldier, but you've got to endure hardness. You can't start complaining and, and, and getting all uptight and full of anxiety and fear you got to endure some things. You've got to learn how to get squared up and solid in, in where your strength comes from. So all that we've talked about quite a bit. But here is a use of the word endure that may shock a lot of people. He's talking about end times and talking about, Timothy, you're going to have to correct some things. You're going to have to tell some people things that they don't want to hear. But it's best. Again, kind of like Sister Anna's talking about a parent saying, hey, this is I know you think this is fun, but there's there's going to be consequences to those actions. So he says, you're going to have to rebuke sometimes, reprove sometimes. And, but he said, listen, here's the challenge, Timothy. Here's the challenge to the minister that there's going to come a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. 
sound, solid teaching of the word of God. We're living in that day. A lot of times we say, oh, this is just one of the uh, I've been handed things. This is just one of the best books I've ever read. I'm like, this is uh, this isn't sound doctrine. The Bible talks about the the sound doctrine that is able to save us. Sometimes we we look at the word of God isn't always easy. Sometimes it will challenge us, like we said earlier. But we need to recognize that at times as that we face these things that we say, okay, God, I'm going to I'm going to let you start working on me and help me see what's better and what's right. And it gets uncomfortable. Look at uh, we mentioned the worship earlier. I, I was never you say, I don't know about that. I understand that. Oh, I didn't want to say anything. I don't think there's anybody. You know, I, I never, I never even, you know, went to any school dances. I was just too awkward. It just, who? I just, I, I can make a fool out of myself good, good enough without all that. I'm just, gonna, you know, just put me in a, a bad situation, and I'm already embarrassed most of the time. That, that's just uh, ridiculous. And then come to church and. And start learning the word of God and 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 feel like I'm going to going to lift up my hands or lift up my voice. And, oh, come on. I think it's strange when they do. But I realize that we're, you know, the same kind of emotion, but so much deeper. You see people excited about uh, their team at, a, at a, a, an event, a, a, a football game or a, a baseball game or whatever it might be. You see people excited about, yeah. I, I've, you know, their, their, their favorite band or something like that. This is so much past that. Yeah. Not only are our hearts just in love with Jesus. Yeah. You might like how somebody sings, but recognizing that we're we're talking about the King of Kings who's here tonight, loving him and 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 becoming unashamed to just just give him glory with your all your strength. That's not always comfortable. Repenting of my sins and recognizing God, what do you, what do you think of this? And and realizing that and trying to deal with that. That's not always easy. Enduring. Sound doctrine. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be there. And generally, according to this Bible, hey, let me tell you something that scares me about this modern day deception. It, the Romans, you know, Pilate tried to wash his hands of it. He, his wife said, I was dreaming all night about this Jesus. Don't you get involved in that. Who was it? It was the religious leaders that were scholars of the Old Testament. The, the ones that were teaching all those prophecies of who Jesus would be and how it would be fulfilled, they're saying, we need to kill this guy. That's how mixed up you can be. I know a lot of people say, oh, the Romans, the Romans, they, they tried to stay away from it, but they got kind of pulled into it. You know, hey, uh, if you don't do this, you're no friend of Caesar's. Well, you know, their politics said, well, we'll just do what we have to do. And they crucified Jesus through a mess of religious deception. What was Jesus doing? He was coming against their comfort zone. And a lot of people say, oh, he was just a rebel bucking against the system. No, that's ridiculous. That is the stupidest thing. He was he was the truth. He was a truth that shone the light on the rebels, on the self-righteous. On those that had their way and they were stubborn and hard-hearted. And he just came in and said, this is the way it ought to be. 
No bones about it. He cleansed the temple. He had every right to do that. That wasn't rebellion. That was the Lord of glory in a body coming in there and saying, this is not the way the house of God ought to be. Amen. It's a shame when you have to do right and it seems so contrary to what is popular. The Bible says they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Heap to themselves people that will tell them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians 3. I want to talk to Christians tonight. Uh, and I've already exhorted quite a bit and talked earlier about God's transforming power. And he wants to do that in your life. You can be born again. You can have a new start. God can break the chains of, of anger and rebellion. God can break the chains of fear and depression. God can wash your heart of all the things that you've, where you've failed and can't even forgive yourself. God can, can save you and give you a new, a new clean slate to where you can say, that's not me anymore. Amen. Through his blood, through his, and we're going to talk about how, how you get there from in this. But first Corinthians three, God through the, through the preacher here, through the apostle Paul is talking to the Christians And it's not very nice. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes or babies in Christ. You imagine that's the truth. They needed to hear that. There's not a lot of people that are in this day today. I thank God for some here today that they say, "I, I don't I'm I'm not telling you I love it, but. I realize I need to hear it, and that's important to me. And Paul talked to the church and said, I, I want to talk to you as spiritual, but, but you're so carnal. You're so, so caught up in that old flesh of yours, that nature of, that, that isn't what Jesus, his best is for you. That's what carnal means. And he said, I had to talk to you like you were babies. He said, I fed you with milk. You know, talks in first Peter about being newborn babes and desiring a sincere milk of the word. I, I kind of started talking earlier about a lot of different books and a lot of different teaching. Oh, this, this, this teaching so good, or this book is so good. I think it's, it's good. It's just milk and milk is good for babies, but God's will is for you to grow up and, and, and get a hold of some, something a little more substantial. But a lot of times people, I, I tell you what, all of it is the Bible. You know, you can get a lot of good milk out of the Bible. But sometimes you need to grow and get something, like I said, a little more substantial than that. To not, not just be a baby all the time, but learn how to build your life on the truth of God's word. And Paul is talking to this church and he's saying, you know, you guys are too carnal. You need to, I want to give you something. I want to teach you how to be spiritually mature. I want to teach you how to grow up in this. I want to teach you how to be a stronger Christian. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people don't never heard of something like that, let alone know how to define what that really means. But he said, I fed you with milk and not with meat. And hitherto were you not able to bear it. Neither now yet. Now are you able? 
And he says this. I want to start with this. We just want to have two points here tonight. First, we want to look at what does it mean to be spiritually immature, to be a baby in Christ. Now, if you're a newborn, if you've just recently been born again, great. You know, it's not a shame when a when a baby picks up a crayon and, and scribbles on a paper and says, Ah, oh, you're out of the lines. That's a mess. No, it's beautiful. Right. But after, you know, 10 years, 20 years, yeah. you can't stay in the lines. <laughs> you still have somebody burp you and tie your shoes. There's something wrong. Something wrong. Amen. So uh, Paul says, uh, I want you to be able to. Be everything God called you to be. When I see you being born again, it's beautiful that you're learning and growing. But I have, God has a vision of what you're going to be someday. And that's where we stumble. Don't, don't, get, don't get just rooted and grounded in the playpen. Learn how to get, get going, get, getting to be everything God wants you to be. That's where a lot of, sadly, a lot of people have kind of been, let me say it this way, a lot of ministries kind of been locked down. Well, if you won't treat me like that baby and let me be comfortable in the playpen, then I'll just go somewhere else and get those teachers having itching ears. Because I get plenty of that. I don't even need all that. I can just find somebody on YouTube and they'll tell me everything I like to hear and they'll just give me all the, the candy and they'll give me all the, all, all the desserts and they won't give me something that'll nourish me and help me and challenge me. I tell you, Jesus will challenge you. Jesus will challenge you, get you out of that comfort zone and get you in a place where you can grow. So what did he say? He said, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas among you, what does that mean? What, what, what's he, We don't have to guess. He says there's envying, strife, divisions. Somebody says, well, that sounds like church to me. That's wrong. That's sad. We need to do better than that. I'll tell you, that's childish. That's childish. That's that's carnal. That's selfish. You know, a baby, they don't care about anybody else's feelings. Amen. If I'm hungry, I'm going to make noise. If I'm, uh, you know, if I, I want somebody to change, I'm going to make noise if, I, if I'm dirty. Amen. And sometimes I'm just going to make noise. Nobody's even going to know why. Because I can. I've seen people in church like that. What in the world could be wrong? <laughs> Bible says um, envying, strife, and divisions. The main problem is is we get more focused on us than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That carnality is selfishness. It's pride. Right. Dealing. Listen, there's going to be challenge. There's going to be difficulties. Right. How do you teach a, a child, a baby to grow up and realizing that what it means, listen now, what it means to grow up is everything's not always going to be on time and the right temperature and, and everything you love. You're going to face challenges. You're going to have to deal with those challenges, right. deal with difficulties, deal with difficult situations, deal with difficult people right. and not make a bigger mess of it. That's maturity. That's maturity. Recognizing how many times I've seen people, I can't believe there's problems, there's battles, there's struggles. There's sometimes people are imperfect and and sometimes there's there's dilemmas that we're going to face. And why would that shock you? We're not in heaven yet. 
But what you need to do is realize you don't have to through your hurt, your anger. I know some oh, that doesn't just because you're upset, frustrated, even hurt as a grown up. That means that doesn't give you the right to be reckless. Amen. And as a Christian, spiritually, you're going to face challenges that are going to affect you personally. And you're going to have to recognize, God, I'm I'm your child. How do I handle this in a way that moves forward? Amen. I'm not going to respond to it carnally. I'm not going to respond to problems with gossip, with coldness, with retaliation. Are you not carnal? With envying, strife, and divisions? That's how a baby would handle it, how someone who's spiritually immature. When you get into the meat of the Word of God, when you get into the real sound doctrine of the Word of God, it's going to teach you how to be stronger than all that. That when there's problems, you're better than that. That you can soar like an eagle over storms. That you don't have to get just caught up in it and, and discouraged and depressed and angry and, and making bigger messes than what first started out in your life because you are, you've got the meat of the word of God in you. Amen. You've got the character of Jesus who, when he was reviled, when he was attacked, he didn't attack back. Right. Amen. He had a bigger mission than that. Which I love uh, those of you that are familiar with the book of Nehemiah. What a great, just every page and every line is really just an example of what we're trying to do as Christians. In one place, he's, he's an enemy, but the enemy's kind of using some tactics. He's building uh, the, the wall for the kingdom of God. And the enemy says, let's talk. Let's get together. And, let's, uh, and he's trying to be, distract Nehemiah. And Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work. I don't have time for that. When you grow up in, in God, you don't get pulled into every drama and every, every contention. And amen. Somebody said, well, you know, people just always come to me. I would worry about that. If they, if, if people that are carnal and gossipy and full of contention always gravitate to you, that's a problem. Amen. They, there needs to be something in your character that says, you know what? I stand with God. I stand with the house of God. I stand with the word of God. And, and, and this carrying on that's just tearing down and destroying is not what I'm about. We're working together as, an, as a team. And, and, and we're not going to do something that's tearing that down. Let's work to build it up. Get past the milk. Get past the, oh, you poor dear, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love when people feel sorry for me. I love, no, let's learn how to grow up and do better. Yes. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Hebrews, another portion of Scripture, very similar to what we just read. Hebrews 5, verse 12. We just talked, and we're, we keep moving here, but we're just talking about what it means to be a spiritual baby to be immature spiritually just constantly pulled into the drama and the contention hey if anybody understands being around it i sure do amen it's just kind of where i live but you gotta you gotta live a lifestyle that's above that that's what it means to be mature spiritually don't keep getting pulled into it live above that here's what it says about what it means to be spiritually mature Hebrews 5, verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers. 
You have need of one, need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. For the strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even to those by who by reason have of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So God is showing us through this passage that the difference between being someone who who is, exists on the milk and on the easily digested for my sensitive little baby tummy. <laughs> And somebody who's grown up and can handle themselves a good state can get some of those ribs. Amen. Listen, they can, they, they understand what it's, what they're grown up now. What is the difference? The difference is they know how to live their life in situations, discern the difference and exercise themselves to right and wrong, good and evil. And they're examples. They're teachers doesn't mean they're necessarily preachers, but there's somebody who gets into situations and doesn't get bogged down by the by the drama and the problems. But they keep their focus on what we're trying to accomplish. And in that, they are examples of maturity. Amen. When you come to the house of God and realize there's all kind of people with all kind of issues and you can say, you know what? I know what we're here to do. I know what battles come up. I know what challenges we face, but I know I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be an example. You know, one of the best things I can tell parents is live a life that doesn't say do as I say and not as I do. But live a life that you want your children to follow. Leave them a legacy, an inheritance of integrity. Of, of faithfulness to God. Let them see in you that you've got something that God gave you. And that's what it needs to be in the house of God. Those You become somebody who God blesses you. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been so blessed. I don't know why this has been on my mind, but I've seen mothers, moms with young children over the years. And I've seen, I remember years ago, uh, even Sister Emily, I remember just in tears. I want to be in in the in the church, and I want to be listening. I want to be involved, but I got little babies, and they struggle sometimes. I have to take them to the nursery. I've had this conversation with a lot of moms, and I say, you know what? God sees right where you are, and He's going to meet you right there. It's not always about what I get, but when you start giving and doing, God will do something even greater in you. And sometimes we come to church, you know, I'm trying to get a blessing. I'm trying to get a blessing. I'm trying to, but you know what? There's something for you to be an example of and be aware. Maybe there's somebody to pray for. Maybe there's worship that is an example to others. Amen. And that you can not only touch God and people can be inspired by that, but you can kind of even sense in the spirit of God, somebody that's really struggling to reach out and maybe put your hand on their shoulder and praise with them. Amen. Times where you're aware of of the example that you are and you know what you've heard preached for years and years and years. And now you're trying to take that teaching and shine it and live it and exemplify it. It's trying to see what we are trying to accomplish and consistently working together 
toward the goal and not working against it. I'll tell you what happens a lot of times. I may be backing up a little bit, but I want to kind of wind this down a little bit. A lot of people I've heard over the years have a lot of ideas on what goes wrong. Why do people fail? Why do people quit? And why do people backslide? I've heard a lot of different ideas, but a vast majority of it is just sometimes we have to deal with very real difficult situations. I've seen people just, I'm not disagreeing. You've got, you've got some things on your plate. But until you get into a place where you can lead by example, you're just adding to the problem. A lot of times people come to me and say, fix this. <laughs> and I can't. But maybe in the fire, God can, I can help you and God can work in you to strengthen you and not make a bigger mess. But maybe lead others by your example into, into better, better choices. What we have in, in people that have been in church, I'll just say it that way for a long time, more than anything, when they stumble, is they get hurt. And they get angry. And it's not necessarily wrong to be angry sometimes. Isn't that right? The Bible says be angry and sin not. You've heard me say this. There's some times people say, well, you're not supposed to be angry. Something be wrong with me if I wasn't. Some things ought to make you angry. Some things are frustrating. Amen. But in those things, rather than allow my, my emotions, my flesh, to run reckless and make a bigger mess. I got to pray. Sometimes I need to step back. Sometimes I need to really touch God. Sometimes I just need to rest and rely in him. But what I've seen people deal with struggles and you will without a doubt. You will. You're going to have to endure some things. You're going to have to learn how to, how to get good counsel sometimes. Sometimes people going through hard times, all of a sudden they just don't trust anybody. Everybody's against them and nobody. That's when I need people the most. See, if I'm already in a good spot, you know, counseling, that's good. But when I really need it is when my head's mixed up. Sometimes you're in a storm. You ever read about those storms in the Bible? You know, sometimes you get turned upside down. You don't know. Even the disciples were saying, Jesus, you don't even care that we die. You don't care about us. They're looking at love. Manifest in the flesh, saying, you don't even care about us. You don't, you, you don't care if we die. Because that's what happens in storms. So when you get in that storm, you got to figure out where your rock is. Sometimes you got to get that help that you need. And people run from the help at those times, want to justify themselves. Wanna, I have every right to, to shipwreck. If you do, don't use it. Take the option of being completely foolish off the table. Well, if you knew what I went through, don't don't let yeah. foolishness be an option. Don't yeah. just take it off the table and find somebody that can pray with you and help you. And don't attack when 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 somebody can say, hey, I know you're going through a lot, but don't act like a fool. That's a friend. That's a friend. I know this is hard, but you can't just go ahead and make a mess of it. That's what you need sometimes. And, and that's what. It means to be spiritually mature, handling the difficulties with the meat of God's word, the, the, the strength of God's word that says, you know what? Take up a cross and follow me. It says deny yourself. It talks about 
forgiveness and forbearance and loving people, even your enemies, doing good to people that don't deserve it. Those kind of things that's to really live it out takes takes a little bit more than just milk. And God, God will enable you to just grow up in him. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know I'm preaching a lot to this church here today and and just what we need to to grow. And I appreciate so many that are here today to get behind Cain and just this great time in his life. And it is a great time. But I want to tell everybody here today that this salvation that God provides, it's a lot greater than a lot of people even recognize. It'll break the chains of an old life. It'll transform you into a new creation. It'll give you something that is far better than your best. Something supernatural. And when the troubles troubles come, when the storms are raging in your life, and I'm telling you, I know there's people in this house today, you're facing some things, that, and you're wondering maybe where God is. Why would He let something like this happen? But He's calling you through this storm. He's calling you to come to Him. Calling you. Aren't you tired of being tossed around? Tired of all the excuses? Why don't you just surrender to me? Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Every day you look in the news. Every day you see more events happening. And what's it going to take to just surrender to God? You don't have to have every answer. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to take a step toward God. Let Him hold your hand. He'll help you. He'll teach you. He's a good Father. He knows how to give good gifts to His children. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's come around this altar if you can and spend some time in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to spend a few minutes in prayer before we have this baptism. I love you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Appreciate these coming to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. You're so good. Give me and cleanse me of all 
Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I am the Mold me and make me after your will. Surrender to God. Surrender to God. Lord, have your way. Have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, I surrender all. Oh, I want you to have your way. Thank you, Jesus. so 
and remission of sins being taught in his name. Hallelujah. Being buried with him. Going to bury that old life that God could fill with newness of life. Hallelujah. Peter said, repent, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Be baptized in his name. Be filled with his spirit. I'm going to ask Cain to come on up here at this time. Like I told you, he called me the Yesterday, just so on fire, so excited about what God is doing. We're going to gather in. Praise the Lord. God's so good. Hallelujah. I told him it's going to be a little chilly, but we're just going to pray and he can do this. Hallelujah. Lord, in Jesus' name. Church, let's pray. God, thank you. Oh, he's got this. Lord, we love you. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe in you, God, thanking you for the profession of his faith, God, thanking you for what he has, you've already done. Lord, believe in you. We'll fulfill your promise.
at all about what you have experienced here tonight, please reach out. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, we're excited about what you will do. Lord, we thank you for Cain's obedience tonight to your word, God. Lord, just bless his life, his family, God, that's here today, God. Lord, just encourage him and lead him, Lord, into deeper depths and higher heights for your kingdom. We love you so much, God. We ask it all. Lord, in Jesus' name, be with each one, God, tonight as we travel. And Lord, shine your light through us. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands.